Because thou art faithful, O Lord, and because the needs are great, and because we want to claim thy promise that we are gathered there are two or three in thy name that will be in their midst, we ask and pray in Jesus' name for thy blessing upon thy holy word, that it may benefit the hearer in doing it. In his name we pray. Amen. We like to read and meditate with the Lord's help out of the Word of God as found in Romans chapter 4. What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, had found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he had whereof to glory, but not before God. For what said the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of death. But of him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also described the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Comment this blessedness then upon the circumcision only or upon the uncircumcision also. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it then reckoned? When he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had yet being uncircumcised that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. And the father of the circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law being heirs be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath, for where is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore it is of faith that it might be the, by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed, and not that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, 
who quickened the dead and called those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about an hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. People know that when we speak of the Christian faith or religion, faith is a very common term that is being used. To some skeptics, it is sheer nonsense to speak about faith. they will write off the things pertaining of, to faith as foolishness. And we read in the word, it says, the Greek, which stood for the wise people of this world, the educated, the philosophers, that to them, the preaching of the cross, the faith therein, is foolishness. And so it is still. And to many so-called educated in the world, once an elder said, I remember, because I wasn't a, a, mem a member yet, that the people that are going to have the most difficulty in converting are the beautiful people and the wise people in this world, the intelligent people, because they are so used to rely on their reasoning, on their intelligence. And beautiful people, they are so used that they are being admired, people wanting to be with them, but they will be their friends. And it is so, if you look at it. Why is it when calamity strikes, sickness or accident, then people remember, and even if they don't profess believing in God, they will use the name of God. It's not strange, because God himself, when he put this world under a curse, 
the word says, he put it subject to corruption in hope. What hope was there in corruption? What hope was there? Well, the hope was that through it, man should realize his limit. Man should realize his great need, his inability to deal with the great calamities of life and even for the dreariness of daily life once the novelty of pleasures have worn off so that he should ask himself, is that all there is to it? And as we read when Paul preached to the Athenians, which were those so-called wise, because even the Romans acknowledged that Athens is the, the wisdom, but Rome is the seat of power. And that's where he said they should seek after God. Let them ask through the reasoning, what is this all about? Let them ask, is there a purpose to this life? If everything goes smooth, we find that man very easily forgets about God. And so it was with Israel, set as an example for us, is when they settled in the land and everybody was under his fig tree and things were just going well, they forgot about God. Soon, very soon. The word says that God chose through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. We can translate the word foolishness there too as the simplicity, the simple thing of preaching the word of God, believing it. Now, to believe the word of God, we have heard it again and again from this pulpit you must act upon it. And the Bible teaches us there are certain things that you don't do that God did, that God did, and which you must believe. And God considers it very, very important that you believe them. First of all, because he said them, and if you don't believe him, it's the same thing as saying he's a liar. It's not true. And God takes it very serious. His holiness, his justice, his righteousness. God is very serious about it. He cannot deny himself if he would not take that serious and would just let it go this way or that way and make exception. He would not be God that the God he declares to be. The Lord, the Lord, merciful, gracious, abundant in goodness of truth, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and yet will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers under the third and fourth generation. A just and holy God who takes it very serious, anybody that trifles with his holiness, anybody that trifles with his name, thou shalt not take the name of God in vain. And the Jews, they learned that that they didn't dare to speak out the name of the, word, the Lord, lest they break that commandment. But they were so concentrated on that law, when it speaks here about the law, it speaks about the Israelites. 
Because what characterized them so much is the law given by God through Moses unto them. Whenever you read in the Bible, we say those that are under the law, that is the law of Moses, it speaks about the Israelites, set as an example to us that we may learn from them. <clears throat> they concentrated so much upon the letter that they forgot the, the intent. So that the prophet that came along, was it, was it Micah? He had shown thee, O man, what God had required of thee, to do justly, do what's right, do what you know already is right. And if you say you don't know what's right, is find out in the word of God. Do what's right, do justly, love mercy, love mercy. Don't judge others. You are not to be the judge. God is going to be a judge through his word. Love mercy. His name is merciful. And then to walk humbly with your God. Because you're going to need his grace, not only to save you from your sins, but to walk also a life that should please him. Love mercy. Do justly. Love mercy, walk humbly with thy God. Try to remember that in your decisions that you make. So first of all, you got to believe it because God said it. And you cannot be guiltless before a God if you don't believe what he said. He's very serious about it. In Romans 3, it tells us that God declares his righteousness to forgive sin. Never mind your righteousness first. First of all, God's righteousness, he declares how he can forgive sin through the preaching of the cross. And those that believe it. Those that believe the preaching of the cross, which is set to us as an, as a, as an example as a proof of God's holiness, of God's mercy, of God's goodness. If you have <clears throat> problem appreciating those things about God that he will not deny himself, he requires it of us, he demands it of us, then look at the cross. Look what you see first, the justice, of course, God's holiness, God's righteousness, God's justice that his son hang on the cross and he condemned sin in the flesh. Him, Jesus Christ, being the sacrifice to take your place for what you deserved, and God judged sin in the flesh. God's justice. Don't trifle with God's justice. Don't find any way around it. Don't pretend, because you're going to have to face the cross. God's holiness 
and that what was required of a just and holy God, that nothing else would do, that no other sacrifice would do except his very own son. His very own son. And then his goodness, his mercy toward us in that we benefit from it through faith. Now, these are things that God did and that you must believe. But there are other things which you must do unless your faith is going to be dead, useless. Jesus, last Sunday we spoke about it, that if you heard Jesus Christ, you want to hear him? It's right here. And you don't do it. You are foolish. Oh, the foolishness. The foolishness that will be recognized in eternity when those that have professed with their mouth and even spoke to others, have witnessed to others, have told them of their sins, and they themselves have not done what they professed. Oh, that foolishness is going to haunt them in eternity. Those are the things that God requires. It's very simple. It's very straightforward. Yet people have problem with it. First to come to it. And then once they also have come to it and professed it and experienced it again and again, they struggle with it. Do you struggle with it? I must say I do at times too. Is to know what's right, what's true, and then perhaps excuse yourself here and there. But see, that's where God's mercy comes in and his goodness, that he doesn't just finish us off as soon as we are tripped up. No. God is very merciful, and in his wisdom, in his kindness, did also make provision that not only Jesus saves us from our sins, but he intercedes for us. For our failures, well, whatever you may call them, they are sins. They are sins, but let's be careful. The Bible says, I just read it before service, said, if any one of you be overtaken by a fault, ye that a spiritual restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Notice that the word says overtaken. Overtaken. And when are you overtaken? When you are weary, when you are tired. You make choices, but then you are so weak and give in to temptation. But woe at the situation where you have planned and willfully, willfully sought out and succumbed. Let it be just overtaken. Let not justify it. Sins must be confessed and forsaken. But let's remember it says overtaken. And then the responsibility of the others to help to restore. To help to restore. And that's where the fellowship comes in. 
the fellowship which nowadays is not appreciated much anymore. People can come and go, and we don't even know where they are. And if you inquire, they may even upset that you're trying to be a busybody. In this time that we live in, where the church has less and less authority, yeah, at times it will be said, oh, the church should this, the leader should this, the minister should do this. They only can do as much as they're being supported in doing so. Yes, these are peerless times, and these are times that were prophesied are coming, but let's be careful. Let's, let's resist that trend. Let's be accountable to each other. Let's give account of each other when there is reason that we need to give account. And let's try to help each other, praying for one another. Abraham, he had great works. The Bible says, if salvation was through, righteousness was through works, Abraham would have the works. Who would have, in his right mind, taken up when God called him out of the Europe of the Chaldeans and go to a country that he didn't know? And who would have been willing to offer his promised son that I'm sure he loved more than anything he had when he finally received him in his old age. And then God asks him to sacrifice him on Mount Moriah. And those were hard trials. Three days journey to go in. And the son asking him, where's the sacrifice? Here we have wood. Where's the sacrifice? And he was going to follow through with it. See the difference of how much we love God. God, when he said that he that loves anything more than me is not worthy of me, he meant it. He meant it. Jesus, he said, he that loves anything more than me is not worthy of me. God wants to be first. God demands to be first. God is very jealous to be first, and rightly so, because the whole world is his, including us, in the special interest that he placed upon us in creating us in his own image. And he demands it. Who's going to dispute it? Who's going to argue with it? He demands it. And Abraham believed it. And he had works. He was willing to do it till God stopped him. And that was a foreshadowing when he prophesied, perhaps not knowingly at all, when his son asked him, well, where is the lamb? And Abraham said, God will provide himself a lamb. How true those words were. He did provide a lamb. Abraham believed God, and that was accounted him for righteousness. It was not at that instant when he offered his son. God was very pleased with him, and he did with an oath 
say that he was going to bless him. God, who does not lie, doesn't need to say an oath, doesn't need to swear, but willing to show how much he was pleased. He said, I have sworn by myself that in blessing I will bless him. But the time when it was imputed to him for righteousness was before his son was born. When he took him out at night and said, look at the stars, can you count them? And you couldn't. And he says, so shall thy seed be. And that says, and Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. That simple fact of believing. But Abraham had works. But he says, yeah, he may boast before other people, but not before God. What are you going to bring to God? What are you going to do to God? Except to show him that you love him above everything else by obeying him. Abraham was willing to obey. Now, we may not be tested to that extent. And unto us is given so much of God's revealed word to assure us. He says of Abraham, he also did not receive the promise. Which promise was he speaking? Of the Holy Ghost that is going to live and abide in those hearts that have been cleansed by faith in the sacrifice of his beloved son. And to us that is given. Yet it seems to be that we still struggle even with little issues. Oh, the other day we sang that hymn, don't say when the big trials come you will be faithful. Practice now in the little things. Practice now. And if you practice now in the little things, God will assure you that when the big things come, grace will be sufficient also to overcome them. The lesson given to us here is that God imputes righteousness through faith in him, in those things that he has done, but expects us to show that we have faith by the things that we do. Abraham says, Jesus Christ, for, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. He was delivered for our offenses, for our sins, the sacrifice that was sufficient for God. But to show that it was sufficient, God raised them from the dead. He didn't just translate him away. No, he raised them and testified with many witnesses that had seen him after resurrection so that we can believe, so that we can believe that he is risen and be justified. That's why he was raised for our justification. And that he was risen for our justification 
know, somebody once asked, how do we know that the word of God is true? Yes, you can search archaeology of the things that it speaks. You can search manuscripts and so forth. But to me, it's, it works. The word of God says, does what it says. If you follow what the word of God says, you will experience the new birth. And after that, again and again, the proof to you is that the word of God is true because it does what it says. So the brother spoke this morning about experiences that he made. It does what it says. It's the wisdom of God. It's the, it's the, the only true way for relationships to work, for healing relationships, to restoring relationships, to bringing back from destruction those that abuse themselves with drugs or whatever, only through Jesus, only through the word of God, truly can be restored. And the evidence to the world should be you and me by the way we live, that the world sees what we say by our actions. So much is being said, so much is being communicated nowadays, the world wants to see. And unless they see, they will just put you in the same category as the rest of the hypocrites of there is no shortage in this world. To God be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen.
Dear Father in heaven, as we kneel and acknowledge thy greatness and thy glory, dear Father, we ask that thou wouldst hear our prayer. Dear Father, we're so unworthy to pray to thee. We are but dust of this earth, and thou art the great God of, of heaven and earth who has created all these things through the word of thy mouth. Dear Father, we're humbled. When we think that thou dost know and see everything, dost see us completely, dost see our end and our beginning, the purpose to which thou hast created us, and also sees everything that we do every day, and yet dost to love us. Dear Father, we are undone by thy love when we realize that there is no, um, that it does not set us some impossible task uh, or requires some great acts uh, for us to do, but thou just simply require us to believe, to be justified. Dear Father, this is an amazing truth and one that uh, we will be marveling in all eternity, those of us that are, uh, that will be spending eternity with thee forever. Dear Father, but we know that this will also be the thing that will weigh down those that will not be in thy presence in eternity, that they could have had this just by believing and trusting, taking thee at thy word. Dear Father, now is the day of grace. Now is the day where this truth needs to be spread. It needs to be believed. It needs to be lifted up. And the, the we need to try it out and see that it does indeed work and change us. Dear Father, help uh, those thy servants that do spread this word. Give them the strength and the the clarity and the charity to do that, that they would have the love of God. Indeed, all of us would be able to spread this message. Dear Father, we realize that it is a message that requires everything, all of us, and that we, in order to truly believe, we need to lay aside the things that would cloud us and the, the things that would make us feel self-righteous or would lift us up. Dear Father, help us to do that with expediency, to make decisions now, here and now, commitments here and now, to serve Thee completely and not be distracted by anything this world has to offer. Dear Father, we pray for those in whom this this faith is uh, has not yet had a, a root yet that is looking for a place, this seed. Let it grow, dear Father. We're mindful of many young people that we have in this church that uh, have made a decision to seek thy face. Help them, dear Father. Give them the uh, the humility or the, the grace to, to accept this word, dear Father. We're thankful for the message. We're thankful for the day that we've had, and we ask that we would continue to grow as a fellowship, that the days that are ahead, they would be days of of spiritual prosperity for us as a fellowship, that uh, we would be able to grow together in love and in number too. Dear Father, we're so thankful for all that Thou has done in the past and the faithfulness that Thou has shown to previous generations, uh, those that have professed Thy word and been faithful to it. Dear Father, we know that it has only been by Thy grace and that Thou hast kept them, and that is why they were able to be faithful to thee. Dear Father, we wish to follow the same pattern. Help us to do that. Uh, lastly, we pray for those that are going through difficult times, whose faith is being tried, and uh, who may not think that they have the strength to persevere. Dear Father, we know that they don't, and that they will soon reach the ends of their own rope. But dear Father, when thou art there and providing the strength and the comfort, we can do all things. Be with them, dear Father. Comfort, strengthen, and heal those of our brethren that are going through sickness, uh, suffering with cancer, those that are young and those that are old, um, those that are, are elderly among us too. We are mindful of them. Strengthen them too, dear Father. We're thankful for all that thou hast done. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
in the Old Testament, we read, God requires of us to justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with him. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament says, the whole counsel of God is repentance toward God and faith in Jesus Christ. He calls that the preaching of the cross. Faith, so important in this life, yet considered such a foolishness by the world. And yet, even faith, the word says, will cease when we see. Now, may it. Faith, hope, and charity. Only charity we go on. Faith will not be needed when we see. Hope will be unnecessary when we attain. But charity will go on. But while we are here, we need so much faith. And to prove our faith to ourselves and our fellow man, God knows it anyway, we need to do what we profess. To God be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen. This concludes our service.